Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I am joined in studio by Molly Williams. Hello, Molly. Hi, Sarah. It's nice to be back from the wilderness. Yes. Yes, I'd say it's good to see you again today, mm-hmm. but um, but this you were the first time no show ever on a run. I know. It never happens. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. I went to bed last night and I set my alarm to go off in the morning, but I just didn't turn it on. So it's a two-step I, process. Yep. So I woke up at uh, 6.45 and I was supposed to meet you at 6.15. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I looked at my phone and there was a panicky message. <laughs> <laughs> wondering if 911 should be called. <laughs> well, that was the thing. So, that, so, so I'll repeat what I told you when you got here today. So running over on the street that we run toward meet each other, I see this woman running toward us with an outfit that you would not wear. It was this jacket that was kind of flapping open. And I thought, well, why she, Molly's kind of overdressed for today. But I enthusiastically waved. And as she got closer, I'm like, yeah, that's not Molly. <laughs> so, so then I got to the point where I usually can at least see you, if not already meet you, 21st. And I'm like, well, where's Molly? And I'm like, oh, you know, another extra bathroom break. No, don't get panicky. It's okay. I get closer, closer. And I'm like, where is she? So I, I did not quietly on your, oh, okay. on your, the window next to your door. And Jones came and looked at me. And I, I said a few times, you know, you have your windows open. And I said, Molly, Molly. Mm-hmm. And, um, and definitely by that point, envision you you know, just a wash in blood, mm-hmm. you and John's throat slash. Oh, yeah. you know, Wondering who killed who. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is, no, this is a made for TV movie type uh-huh. scenario. So, you know, pig was written on the wall in blood mm-hmm. or something. So, um, uh, yes, yeah, so I was like, oh my gosh. Or as you said, carbon dioxide, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so I ran back home thinking, well, if she's late, you know, she'll see me and she'll yell out for me. And so I ran home, got my um, Aftershocks, Trex Air, and my phone so that I could listen to some mm-hmm. podcasts. And then I did run back towards your house again because I thought, oh. well, maybe, I mean, I wasn't giving up. Aren't you a good friend? <laughs> so, and there was, I was like, and then by that point, even before I got all the way back to your house, it beeped a mile. And I'm like, well, I guess I could just run back and forth between <laughs> our two houses. <laughs> but I wouldn't find much change that way. So um so the, I did, so um, I had texted you. So I did kind of stay at our, you know, I wasn't ever more than probably 10 minutes away from your house. And then were you done when you finally got my text? Uh, no, that was just midway. Oh, yes. okay. Yes. Yeah. So, um, and so what did you do? Four miles? Four miles. Yeah. Because a little over goal? four miles. Yeah. yeah. Good. Well, yeah. I did go out and I, I just did two and a half miles. I'm still kind of getting back and running. It's, it's amazing how quickly you lose it, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yes, ma'am. Today yeah. was the first day that I'm like, oh, I get it. I can go continuously and not feel like I want to stop. I want to stop. Yeah. So I felt the most normal I have running in a while. But um, so you've alluded several times, Molly, to uh, being out in the wilderness. And then yeah. also we were just singing Lonesome, Lonesome Loser, Loser because that was the theme song of my trip. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which um, maybe we will have to have Alex lay a little bit of that horribly depressing 1970s song <laughs> underneath this. Because, wow. But so, okay, so why were you a lonesome loser? Because I have to say, we've heard this in the past couple of weeks. We have heard of Dimity's wonderfully successful adventures, her mm-hmm. Grand Canyon Rim to Rim, mm-hmm. her swim run in Maine. Mm-hmm. And Molly was going to, you know, go yeah. around Mount Rainier. Th- thanks for reminding me. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm glad to be here to represent the bottom. <laughs> well, I think it's an important life lesson, though, that not all adventures are successful. 
That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Important life, life lessons to be an example. <laughs> It's a shame, yeah. <laughs> to be an example for the people that struggle at the end. For all the lonesome losers. Yeah, for all the lonesome losers. Well, so um, Mount Rainier is uh, a very aggressive uh, round the mountain trail called the Wonderland Trail. And there's a lot of elevation. So if you do the whole thing, which was our goal, it is an accumulation of 22,000 feet of elevation mm. gain. Yeah. That is higher than Mount Everest. Yeah, yeah. In terms of climbing. Yeah, <laughs> and um, it's not recommended to do it in less than seven days, although ultramarathoners will do it in 24 hours, you know. I mean, with support and stuff like that. Uh -huh. Well, even actually with, without support, because I've been reading stuff on Facebook. I'm like, well, I don't know. I can do it. I can. So our... our and describe who R is, the two of So my, uh, my hiking friend, Joanna, and I were... were we have hiked together and we were going to do it together and um we were going to do it in eight days and part of the reason for doing it in eight days it's just hard to get that much time off work mm -hmm. you know and away from the family and all that yeah. kind of stuff yeah. so so it seemed aggressive but thought okay well let's do it and i kept saying to joanna this looks really really hard because i'm looking at the elevation profiles and our first day we had 4,400 feet of elevation gain mm -hmm. over 12 miles and we lost 3,000 um, 3,000 feet of elevation. That was the first day. Yeah. You showed me on the app. It mm -hmm. was very yeah. up, yeah. down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Joanna and I are not real experienced backpackers. We've done, um, well, we did one backpacking trip together on the Wonderland. We did the easiest part. We just did two days. Um, and that was fine. And we didn't have a lot of miles when we did those two days. So, but we don't have a lot of backpacking experience. So we both overpacked. Me especially, I packed way too much food. Mm -hmm. And at least, you know, thanks to another mother runner, I know how to train. Mm -hmm. I was pretty well trained. Mm -hmm. and, and and that served me well. And I kept saying to Joanna, I'm like, you have got to train. She's like, oh, I'm hiking. I'm hiking. I'm going up and down Forest Park. I'm like, yeah, you need to be wearing a backpack mm -hmm. and going and like what Dimity did, get on the Stairmaster and just climb, 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 climb. And she just wasn't doing that. Plus, she just got back from um, Guatemala a week ago. So she, you know. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So she just took a, you know, a trip with her her friend and her kid and uh, her friend's son. So, I mean, anyway, she just wasn't, like, doing aggressive training and all that. So I was concerned about Joanna. And um, it was just it was just too much for us. So the first day, we get about, we have a 12-mile day. We get about four miles into our 12-mile day. And Joanna's pretty tired. I'm like, well, this isn't boating well. So then we get six miles into our 12-mile day, and Joanna's ready to quit. Right, ready to quit the entire thing. Ready to quit the entire thing. Yes. One half of the first day, and right. she's ready to quit. Yeah, mm -hmm. and the look on her face is uh, mile 22 of the marathon. The, the pain cave. The pain cave, which she has not experienced the pain mm. cave. Mm -hmm. And it's good to have experienced the pain cave. Yep, and you know your way around in that cave yeah. a little bit. Uh -huh. Yeah, and she wasn't eating because she wasn't hungry. Oh boy. And so she was depressed and all that kind of stuff. The so, mental monkeys. Yeah. So got her to eat, got her to drink. Um, and I was like, okay, so the second half of this day, we're going to go down, up, down. I think that's what it was. Something like that. Maybe we had two ups. Maybe we had to go up, down, up. I don't know. Whatever it was. We had another six miles to go. And um, she's like, okay, I think I can do it. Because the alternative was to turn around and she could camp at a campsite that wasn't too far back. And then she could hike out the next day. Because at this point, I'm like, I'm doing it on my own. I'm, I'm ready to go. I, I'm going to just do this. So um, we, we make it to the next campsite, but 
it is a struggle. I hike ahead about a mile and I'll wait for Joanna 20 minutes for her to catch up. And then I'll hike ahead another mile, wait for Joanna to catch up. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, made us dinner, which was not a good backpacking meal. It was this uh, honey chicken thing. This, and the rice didn't cook enough. It was just the whole thing. Oh. Feeling, but I could barely get her to eat anything. Oh, no. Yeah. But she ate a little bit. She went to sleep, got up in the morning and she's like, okay, I'm going to go on mostly because I don't want to walk back <laughs> because it was so arduous. Yes. Not only was it steep, but it was walky and you really had to watch your, your footing. And she's like, she's like, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> Maybe it'll be better going forward. Better to go hundred miles forward oh, than my 12 gosh. back. Yeah. So then the next day. Wait, was, how many miles is it all the way around? 93, 93, 95, something like that. Yeah. So the first day we did 12.7. The second day was 12.3 with um, uh, just about 4,000 feet of elevation gain again, uh, 3,917. I did the math here. Mm-hmm. And then descent 3,362. Um, it was, a, it was a, a better day. So the first day we also spent 10 hours oh boy. backpacking. And oh. with like a half an hour for lunch because we weren't, we were running out of time. And with we and didn't your get pack into, at the heaviest it is because yeah, you're just, yeah, out. yeah, it's the heaviest it is uh, in a, yeah, it's full of water and full of food. We didn't get into camp until seven o'clock at night. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So like the sun was going down and I'm like, I, I, so the first night I headed to the vault toilet to mm-hmm. take care of business before I went to bed. I couldn't find it. <laughs> it was so dark. And it was so far away. I'm like, all right, this is just happening right here. I don't know where I found it the next day. I'm like, oh. And it was like behind I found it. <laughs> it was like behind this big um like overturned tree to give you a little privacy and stuff. Like there was no way I was gonna find it in the dark. But anyway, um, so what's my point? And my point is the second day, oh, so I did get her to drink more. We um, were, we had to do an, an ascent, a descent, and then an ascent, and that was our final bit into camp. Mm-hmm. And the first part, our first ascent was um, going to be steeper. Uh-huh. So I'm like, okay, let's just get through this first part. The rest of it is going to be a lot easier. And, and that was true. So we got through the first part, and we get to the top, and there's this um, young woman and a, a young man. They're probably in their mid mid to late 20s and she's sitting on a rock and she is just crying oh no yeah and I go over to him like what's wrong and she says I have diarrhea <laughs> <laughs> but she couldn't keep like anything oh, no. you know down that direction yeah. oh, boy. and she was miserable and she had she I said are you do you have some electrolytes she said yes I'm like what kind she's like I've got new and I'm like all right Sip your noon every 15 minutes. Even if you don't want to, just keep sipping. Just keep sipping. I can't keep it. She wasn't vomiting, but she couldn't eat anything. Uh I'm like, I can't eat anything. I know I need to eat. So I got out some Pepto-Bismol for her and I found some gummy bears. Always a mother. Yes. It felt very motherly. It's like, oh, you poor thing. And her boyfriend was just deer in the headlights. Like, I don't know what to do with a crying woman. <laughs> I've never experienced this before. She's not like that when we go to bars or exactly. movies. <laughs> and he was trying to be supportive. He's just like, uh-huh. I'm like, okay. And I gave him like extra Pepto-Bismol. And so we 
figured out a way for them to get out. So they were going to hike back down to the camp that we were at the night before. And there was about a two mile uh, closed road that people were parking at the bottom of. And so if they could find somebody hiking in and out, they could maybe get back to their car. Mm -hmm. So they decided to bag it and, and head back. So that was good. But anyway, so we got to the top there. And then we were went, did our downhill. We were doing our next uphill, and Joanna is really struggling. It's now it's like four o'clock in the afternoon. The sun's out, and I'm just like beat. I'm sweating bullets. Mm-hmm. It was hot that it's, way. It's it's a slog. I'm like mm-hmm. I am not having fun. There is a beautiful mountain to my right hand side. I can see it. There's there's wildflowers. It's gorgeous. I'm just not having fun, uh-huh. and I'm like I do not want to do this for another six, six days. days. So I see these young women coming down the trail and they're like, Hey, how are you doing? I'm like, Oh, I've been better. <laughs> I, I said, you don't happen to know anybody leaving out of Mowich camp, which would be our third day camp, which is where there's a road that comes in tomorrow. And she's like, Oh, actually we met this mom and daughter and they're leaving out of Mowich camp tomorrow. I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. I will find them. I said, do you know where they're camping tonight? Mm-hmm. So they're camping at golden lakes. Ah, we're camping at Golden Lakes. I'm like, this is great. And she said, oh, but I think they're from Portland. We're from Portland. Oh, but I think they're going to spend the night at a motel near Longmire. Our car's near Longmire. This is, I mean, it was like. The angels were singing. Oh, the angels were singing. And so at that point, all thoughts of continuing on by myself have gone. And I didn't want to do it by myself. Right. Because Joanna, by this point, had said she was out. She was. Not only did she say she was out, she needed to get off the trail. Wow. She, you know, oh. the, the look on her face, I'm like, she cannot sustain this. Mm. Um, it, it, it's danger. Mm-hmm. Also, she bought new boots. Oh, geez. I know. She'd worn them about twice. Her feet were all torn up. Oh, her, her hips were all sore. She was having IT band problems. I'm like, I'm like, she cannot maintain this amount of exertion for that for six more days. I could have done it. I mean, I I was definitely tired. It was a slog, but I could have done the death march if I'd had to, (laughs) but why should I? Yep. Right? Amen. That's what I think so too. Right. When, when, when I got that text that you're like, we came out early, I'm like, yes, I'm <laughs> so excited. I can see Molly. <laughs> it just wasn't fun anymore. So I am a very, you know, conflicted feelings. On the one hand, I didn't want to stay. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I do feel like the lonesome loser because I didn't do it. Yeah. I, you know, I was trained basically well enough for it. I'd prepared basically well enough for it, packed too much food, had a few more things than I needed, you know, beginners kinds of things. But I didn't want to go on alone. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I just didn't want to do that slog for that many more days. And I feel, um, I feel defeated. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, I mean, I just, I think maybe it just wasn't the right adventure um, for the two of you. Yes. No, it wasn't. That you could have had success if you had taken maybe a smaller mouthful. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of things. And uh, I think I also just wonder, just to my own character, how much do I really want to do that kind of thing? And I still haven't answered that question. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not done with that mountain and I do want to go back. And I was just texting Joanna and she's going to go camping this weekend. I'll, I'll be out of town, but I was thinking, yeah, that's kind of what I want to do. I kind of want to get back on that. 
and just do some small bite of it and mm -hmm. um, feel the redemption. So there's sort of a lot, you know, my knee is improving. Um, I'm Good. getting back into running, but I'm trying to like change my whole running style with a shorter stride, which is right based on the meeting you had with the, the PT. PT. Yeah. To um, get the pressure over my knee, not, not over stride. So it feels like a lot, a lot of change and soul searching and it's a, an introspective time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So, um, I'm hoping I get to see more of you. That would be yes. nice. Yes. And if I set my, <laughs> <laughs> we're not off to a good start on no, seeing. No, I know this is not a good omen. <laughs> you know, speaking of omens on our way into the park, uh, Joanna hit a bird, you know, like oh. birds always fly out of your way. And this bird like oh. kind of mm. like committed very seriously. And, oh my and we were both like, well, that's not a good omen. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Oh, boy. What kind of bird? Yeah, sparrow. Oh, okay. Like so, yeah. Smaller yeah. bird, but. Oh, my goodness. Well, I still think you're mighty badass. Mommy. Oh, well, you're so, sweet. So, yeah. Yeah. So, well, let's switch over to today's episode because it's a, a little different than usual. It's a crossover episode with a podcast called Best of Both Worlds, a show that looks at the balancing act between mothering and pursuing a career the co-hosts that I had a lot of fun chatting with. They're both mother runners, Laura Vanderkam and Sarah Hart Unger. Laura is an author, highly sought after speaker who did a popular TED Talk. Laura has four children and Sarah is a pediatric endocrinologist with three young children. So uh, stay tuned after this quick break. I'll be talking with Laura and Sarah. Well, we're very excited about this episode. Um, this is Laura Vanderkam uh, for people who are listening to this on Another Mother Runner. We're doing a crossover episode with Another Mother Runner and Best of Both Worlds, which is a pod podcast that I co-host with Sarah Hart Unger. Sarah, Hello. say hi. Yeah. Um, so a little bit about me. I write about time management and productivity, a couple books, including I Know How She Does It in 168 Hours. I am also a longtime listener of Another Mother Runner and started a reading uh, Sarah Bowen Shea's stuff in Runner's, Runner's World many years ago. Uh, so really excited to be doing this, to have this conversation, this three-way conversation today. Uh, Sarah Hart Unger, do you want to introduce yourself real quick? Sure. So I co-host The Best of Both Worlds with Laura, as she said. I'm a pediatric endocrinologist, and I do this blogging and podcasting thing kind of as a really fun side hobby. And I'm also a mother of runner as well, and a longtime listener, like long, like many years <laughs> um, of the Another Mother Runner podcast. So this is actually kind of a little bit of a dream come true right now. So we'll just oh. let that one Pishaw, <laughs> you, you are dear heart, Sarah. So this is the other Sarah on the podcast. This is Sarah Bowen Shea, the host of Another Mother Runner. And I'm delighted to be um, having a virtual sit down with you ladies. Yeah, well, we're all runners, um, which is, uh, yes, we, in very just different ways, though. I, I strongly suspect that uh, Sarah Bowen Shea may be a wee bit faster and more intense. Mm, not these um, days, not these days. No. Not these days? Okay. Yeah, maybe um, back in the day. But you're you're doing this business, the Another Mother Runner, full time now, right? Like, can you talk us through a little bit about your career evolution? Yes. So um, I have a business partner. Her name's Dimity McDowell, and she lives in Denver. I live in Portland, Oregon. Dim and I were longtime friends as well as longtime freelance magazine writers. We were freelancers and writing for publications like Shape and Self and ESPN and New York Times and Health and all those good magazines that only some of them now still exist. But um, so, um, and we wrote about fitness and health and nutrition and gear. 
And so we wrote a feature for Runner's World magazine, um, and we were the Marathon Moms, and we were both had very young children at the time. And so we were we trained virtually together for a marathon in 2007, and that was the Nike Women's Marathon, which used to be in San Francisco. And we were writing a feature for Runner's World, like I said, and we discovered this amazing community of women runners while we were... Uh, we actually ended up blogging on Runner's World about it. And so after that was all over, Dimity's like, hey, you know what? I think we've got something to say here. And I've always wanted to write a book. So let's write a book together. I'm like, okay. Uh, <laughs> so, so our first book, Run Like a Mother, came out in 2010. And to support the book, plus also to f- continue to grow and foster that community, we started um, what has now become another mother runner. And it's like a tree with many branches. It has... We have our podcast. We have a Train Like a Mother Club that has virtual online training and support. We have an uh, online store. We do women's running retreats. We have very robust social media and um, blog posts and, oh, a whole bunch of other things that I'm spacing out on right now. But so um, so we just kind of almost backed into this. Um, it was unintentional. We didn't set out to build a business and a brand. And for the first few years, we were still doing freelance writing and I remember it was a real paradigm shift in my mind when I, I used to always think that I was a freelance writer and I did AMR on the side. And I just remember one day in November, I'm like, nope, AMR is my full-time job. And at the time I was doing a little freelancing on the side and I haven't done that in hmm, probably four or five years I haven't written that AMR has oh, been wow. my full-time job. Yeah. So, so, but, but like I said, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, and, and thank heavens because it's, not a real lucrative market these days. So, um, so, so I got my, my parachute on and out we jumped. And so, um, so, but it, um, it was a real paradigm shift to, to think, to make it, to have it be in the pole position in my work life. So that was important to me. And, and I mean, you're a, you're a mom too, right? You're, you're, you have three kids who are, I do. Uh, I have, they were around in 2007. They're getting older now. Right. Right. They are somehow. Um, so I have a daughter who's 16 and a half and I have boy girl twins who just turned 13 and I had to, um, to pull back the screen a little bit. Our recording studio is in our guest bedroom in our basement. And my younger daughter had two friends sleep over And so they wanted to sleep in the guest bed. So I told them last night, I said, okay, you know, you gotta, I gotta be in there recording a podcast at nine 30. So you gotta be out by nine 20. So at nine 19, they were still soundly asleep and (laughs) kicked them out. And, and one of them had known, and she's a gal who's over here a lot, but the other one is a new guest at our house. And she did not hear the announcement yesterday that, that they had to get out by nine 20. So I'm like, I'm really sorry, Eliana, but you know, I, I told them last night. Yeah. <laughs> See the challenges, they really change. I mean, I'm still like nursing between podcast recordings and you're kicking out sleeping teenagers <laughs> from your recording studio. Right, it's like, right. you still have something, but it's markedly different. <laughs> so, so, by. It so, it's true. True. Well, yeah. I'm curious what you think about, um, the, I mean, your business is obviously at a certain target group of runners. I'm, I'm curious what you think that mother runners, um, what issues they're encountering or the needs they have that are different from, from any other set of runners. Right. So, yeah. So, I mean, by our very name, we, we do aim mostly at, at um, mother runners, but, but I mean, we do have, um, you know, women who are, um, fur baby moms or just really super busy. But so, I mean, I think we would all agree that, the vast majority of women are over feel, you know, overtaxed and too busy. 
But I think that becomes even more pressing and um, omnipresent when you become a mother because you're not just juggling your own demands, but you're, you know, meeting the needs of, you know, one or two or three or more other little people in this world, depending on what, you know, they grow, but they're still your, your charges. And so it's just about, um, you know, suddenly your time isn't your own. You have to, um, you know, you can't just head out the door and be gone for two, three hours for a marathon training run or something like that. Plus, in addition to being more time crunch, you also are dealing, we think a lot with mommy guilt. And that, and that was sort of the, one of the, the real true seeds of another mother runner was getting women to let go of that, um, mother guilt, even if it was just for, you know, 30 minutes, three miles, whatever it was, but also to put themselves first on their to-do list at least once a day. And whether that meant doing a run, stretching, yoga, some sort of self-care, whatever it was, just remembering that, that you're a better mom, a better partner, a better worker, a better friend, a better daughter when you've made time for yourself and um, hopefully been active. I think that's why your podcast has resonated with me for so many years. I mean, I think you guys do a great job of delivering that message that it's not selfish to take that time to exercise in whatever form that fits. Of course, running being high on the list, although mm-hmm. you guys really promote a lot of other stuff too. Um, and that you not can do it all because none of us like that. But you, you're, you know, both you and Laura, like there is time to be a good mom and to do something for yourself and to pursue a really cool hobby or get involved in a community. Um, of other mothers or, or women and, and support each other and enjoy that too. And I love that about like the outlook that your podcast tends to take. It's not a wow, wow, we don't have time to do this. It's very positive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, people often say, you know, oh, how do you, you know, find the time to go for a run? It's like, well, you know, there's not some closet I have in my house that has, you know, magic extra hours in the day. I just make accommodations, which might mean, you know, setting my alarm earlier than I like, you know, so um, there's you just learn how to make the time you don't find it. And also not being shy about uh, expecting other people in your life to step up to handle it, too. I mean, I do remember that um, the article or one of the articles that you guys wrote for Runner's World, I think around the time that uh, the Run Like a Mother book came out, you talked about how your husband was mm-hmm. taking all three kids to church. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. I love that you remember that. <laughs> well, because we, we may have similar issues in our, you know, like in terms of who gets stuck. So I sing in our church choir, which sounds like oh. I'd be able to take all of them, but I can't actually have all four children in the choir loft with me um, while I'm singing. So, you know, my husband is the one who's dealing with getting them to church. And, and sometimes he uh-huh. just decides his He'd rather, you know, neglect his spiritual growth and stay home <laughs> with all four. <laughs> um, but so your your husband was taking all three to mass, so you could go on your long runs, and he yes. spent quite a bit of time in in the cry room, as I understand. <laughs> I so remember that. You know, things are bad when uh, the priest at his church actually like really expressed kind of almost sorrow for us for having twins like he i just remember he got this he's like oh and he got this look and i'm like dude we just doubled you know one little iota of your of your parish by having two at one time and um so yeah he um i i must say that i can't remember the last time jack went to mass and the kids definitely haven't been in a long time but, but uh, at the time, yes at the time yeah. he was more gung-ho about it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So he, um, so, I mean, it is also so important. I think so many women try to, sh- I know I'm very, um, 
much in this line. I try to shoulder a ton of stuff without asking for help. And that I think particularly as athletic women, we appear strong because we are strong. And so I think a lot of times the people in our lives and people in my lives think, well, she can run all that way. So of course I don't need to offer any help, whether it's carrying in the groceries or, you know, taking care of the kids or handling carpool or something like that. So I think it's so important to ask for help and to, to be uh, vulnerable in that regard and saying, you know what, I can't do this all. Like you need to shoulder some of this with me. And, and that, that for, you know, for let's take a training cycle, you know, if you're signing up for a half marathon, that means maybe sitting down with the stakeholders in your family's life and saying, Hey, you know what, on these Saturdays, I'm going to be gone for two hours, three hours, whatever it is. What's going to be our plan of action for taking care of the kids and the dog and whatever else needs to be done. What is your go-to strategy with that? And well, your kids are older now, but clearly things are, have changed. And also question, does your partner run it all or does he have his own other thing that he likes to get into? Um, that would be called, um, football professional watching professional football. Um, <laughs> so that, that was one thing. I mean, so, um, so, you know, Dimity and I, that we, you know, we're both, um, have husbands. And so her husband is a marathoner and he was, uh, on the quest to qualify for Boston for several years, which he finally achieved. And so she really could speak to the juggling two athletic partners in one household. And I, that's not something we deal with here. He, um, you know, I mean, it's him, he sleeps in. I oftentimes get home from a, a workout these days and the entire house, including our dog is still asleep. So, um, thankfully our dog sleeps very late. Um, but, uh, yeah, these days my, the baby that needs taken care of is our dog. We got a dog in December and, um, so, um, yeah, it's, um, you know, the kids are very self-sufficient at this point, but, you know, it was more like, uh, my, my favorite story about them was, um, when one of them had a total diaper blowout and I was gone for so long that Jack had time to completely like steam clean the carpet before I came back. Um, so that was Jack really stepping up, but typically it was just him managing three kids who love to get on each other's nerves. So, um, I, he just kind of sucked it up and was probably a little more stern with him than I would have liked, but um, maybe you could exchange some like child-free football watching time. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I, <laughs> Later I, mean, in the well, I mean, when I'm in the house, the kids want to be around me and the same is true with the dog. So he gets, he gets Aww. a lot of free time. So yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, um, he's a, he's a good natured fellow, but you know, there, there are times that you know, I was, he writes the class notes for our alumni newspaper and, I read the, I guess maybe like the June class notes and he was like, Oh, and Sarah's training for, you know, the twin cities marathon. I'm like thinking mm, that was last year, honey. I'm not doing that this year. You would have noticed. <laughs> yeah, a, well, are you, are you a, um, like every morning runner or you do a different switch it up? Like what, what's your sort of general training time? Yeah. So I am currently, I'm, um, somewhat injured. I have a mild case of plantar fasciitis. So my running Ugh. is, yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, just when I think it's getting better, I slide down the hill a little bit more. So, um, but typically I exercise six days a week and that might mean two strength classes, um, some, a cycle bar class, maybe a ride outdoors, a swim. But if, when I'm running, I, I usually run four days a week, strength train, um, like one or two and maybe do a cycle bar class and then have one rest day. So, uh, and are you generally training for a race or is it sort of the same amount 
year round? I mean, do you, how much do you? So, do? so la- Jack wasn't too far off last year. I did the Twin Cities Marathon, and that was my 14th marathon. And um, I guess all but two of those have been since I had the kids. So I've done a dozen marathons since I had kids. And so in a usual year, I do a marathon. I'm not a not a um, real avid racer. Um, like, let's see, two years ago. Uh, yeah, two years ago, I ran Boston. I did a tried to do a fast 10k. And then I, you take your races very seriously though. So it's not a quantity (laughs) thing, but like, there's a lot of thought and I, I mean, I'm kind of like you in that way. Uh Um, or at least I was when I used to race more, but I can tell that you tend to put like a lot of weight into each event that you've decided. Oh, that's time goals, right? Like you have had time goals for, I have had, I have had notice the past tense of that (laughs) phrase. Um, so I have our our time goals start to, (laughs) yes. So, so now I'm just happy to get out and, um, um, you know, get, you know, spend some time with my best running friend, but, but, um, oh, I hear a child in the background and it's not at my house. Um, so, yeah. so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I am very judicious in the races that I choose. And I also love training. So I really follow a training plan, do the workouts as they're spelled out. I take a lot of pride and joy and get a lot of joy out of it. So, um, Yeah. That was another one of your writings that I remember of your, your uh, hiring a coach and training for a marathon that you had a, a very ambitious time mm, goal. Mm-hmm. Like you sort of write about the phenomenon of, of laying it all out on the table at, at the oh end my there. Gosh. It's Laura, um, you, you are very nice for remembering all this. She's familiar with the archives. The archives <laughs> of runners um, but it, it's funny because I don't have that philosophy at all. And I don't know what it is. Like, why am I not into the idea of ending a race with nothing left? Like, I'm always like, you know, I not, I not only want to have stuff left to like walk to the car and drive home. Like I then want you know, have to go to brunch or like play with the kids or like, you know, clean the house afterwards. And it's, so it's, it's, I, there's never been in a case of laying it all out on, on the race. So see, I think, I think, well, I, um, I'm not saying anything too new here, but that I grew up as a very um, bookish child. I was not active uh, in except for tromping around the woods. And I used to like to read outside, but that was about it. I didn't play organized sports. I, my family was not into sports. And so my dad was a swimmer, but he kind of kept that was on his own time. And so I, for a long, long time, and probably maybe still to this day, I'm trying to prove to myself that I am a, the genuine article when it comes to being a runner. And that if I miss a day or two, I'm not suddenly going to backslide and be that bookish Sarah that I used to be. And it's, I'm, I, I love, I love reading and I, I feel I'm a fairly bright person, but so I'm not, you know, uh, casting dispersion on people who are bookish. It's just that, um, for a long, long time, I felt like a poser in the athletic world. And I think I oftentimes still have that hovering around me. Oh, that's so interesting. Cause I, I, I see similarities in how I tend to be driven towards races. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, it comes from a different place. It's more of like, like a comp- competitive with myself kind of a thing, uh-huh. not necessarily worrying about back. Cause actually I love to like take breaks and do nothing, or at least I have since, since having children, <laughs> I didn't used to be like that. I used to be much more like I always had to do something. And actually when you said, Oh, I've run almost all my marathons since kids, uh-huh. you'll have to give me some tips because really I, I have 
I you I've run four marathons, four fulls, wow. and all pre kids. Um, I had a lot of fertility problems having my first that corrected themselves when I ran a lot less. Oh. And I know you've had guests speak on that before. I have some very strong opinions about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh, but um, I was not able to do marathon training and really have children the way I wanted to. Uh-huh. Um, so I really had to dial it down. And since then, I've done, I think, two or three halves. Uh-huh. Um I have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a nine-month-old, and I'm definitely done. Uh And I think I'm just now like, oh, I'd love to like have a little bit of a second wind, you know? And so I've, um, I've been listening to you guys a lot, and I love any thoughts you have on building back up when, you know, you are starting from. You, you know, one thing that I've taken from you guys is that I cannot compare my prior times to me now. Yep. Like my marathon PRs have expired. Like I, <laughs> I still have them on my blog, but I honestly, I need to take them off <laughs> because it's ridiculous. I mean, I used to run, run like 60 miles a week and um, wow. now, no, <laughs> I can no. run 10 <laughs> on a good week. Yeah, I so, saw um I saw yeah. that Sarah, you used to follow very serious training plans. You, you, oh yeah. And, yeah. Like I, I did the Fitzingers, although I used to get injured a lot. So I would like uh-huh. bite off more than I could chew, do some crazy thing, get kind of fast in training. Like I still remember this 17 miler and I did like 14 of them at like 806 pace. And I'm like, I have arrived. And then like yeah. two weeks later, I couldn't even walk because I had Achilles uh-huh. tendonitis so bad. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. But that was all like pre, pre kids. Yeah. So, so I think you got to, first of all, choose a plan that has uh, lower mileage than that. Oh, yes. Um, yes. So, I mean, you know, I mean, people, there are people who can, um, get in 60 mile training weeks, but, um, you know, particularly your kids are very young and, you know, can't stay on their own. And so, or without someone calling child protective services anyway. And so that, you know, I mean, in our, in our train, like a mother club, we have tons of marathon training programs that really, you know, top out at, probably about 40 would be the highest week you'd get to maybe 42. And, but that's, you know, that's the highest, whereas the most weeks kind of are in the, I would um, guess around the 35 mile range. And with probably a lot of that concentrated in the exactly. Long run. Yeah. Yeah. So that, um, you know, I mean, there, there, you do want to get to a point for a marathon. I think it's best when you can train four or five days a week. It's, it's easier to get the the miles in when you're not you know, three is tough on your body in that it's not giving it enough time, particularly if you're injury prone, you just really open yourself up to injury when you're doing either too many miles, too, too often a week or, you know, too few times a week. So if you can get yourself where you can be running four or five days a week, and then, I mean, you know, just, I would say choose a local race because then at least you, you know, you can train on the course. You don't have to have that away race because then that's a whole nother time chunk away from your family. You can have all the support you need there and hopefully find, you know, a training buddy who's doing it or a training group, even from like a running store. And I mean, just, uh, I don't, what is it your, um, husband does for work? Isn't he a doctor too? Ah, he's a doctor. Of course, too, we're having he, sound issues. I just lost you for a second. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, here, Sorry, here, you said I'll, what? I'll cue we'll up just... your I'll cue up the question again. So, because so, Sarah, your husband's a doctor too, isn't he? Sarah, are you still there? Um, I am still there, but I was Can having a bunch of sound choppiness up, up until she said, and I wonder. Um, so we're twenty one minutes in. If why we don't should... we save what we have? Okay. Save what and we have, start, and then yeah. okay. Keep... Wait, can you guys hear me? Can you guys? Yeah, I can hear oh. you now. Or actually, maybe we're okay. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. 
Can you hear me now? Yes. No, so I, I wasn't sure which Sarah you were talking about, so I thought it meant that you couldn't hear Sarah Hart Unger. So I couldn't hear you. No, oh. I couldn't. Sarah Hart oh. Unger could not hear SBS. Okay. Um, all right. But I can hear you now. Okay. And you said, what is your something? And I didn't yeah, hear you. Oh, yeah, so yeah. So we'll cut all that out. Okay. So try to keep going. So, and Sarah, your husband is a doctor too, right? Yes, we both, we are both physicians. He's a surgeon. Um, We live in Miami, so Miami Beach. So there's lots and lots of good race opportunities around, particularly in the winter months. (laughs) There is, there is. Um, And into the spring. But I was thinking with with his job, it's, you know, neither one of you has much flexibility. So I would assume. No, we definitely don't. So, I mean, my times to run during the week are really, really early in the morning. Mm -hmm. And then on the weekends, we can kind of cover each other. Like that's not really a deal yes yeah because we can say and and he likes to run too so i can kind of like trade yeah so i mean i would say given that it's august i mean unless you could find a marathon in february i say give it another year until your baby is um, a little bit older you're not juggling breastfeeding because that's a whole nother thing that when you have to when you have to be like okay well the middle one's down for a nap but i really you know i need to wait about another hour till i can breastfeed the baby again and so you know, there's, you have a, you know, God willing, you got a whole bunch of years ahead of you. So I say, don't rush it. I say, do choose a marathon. If you, if a marathon is what's feeling tasty to you, I say, you know, give yourself 2020. 2020. Yeah. That's Spring, true. you know, or late winter, you know, of, well, I would say, yeah, late, um, early winter, 2020 or late winter, 2020. That would coincide very nicely. I was going to say, I, I feel there will be a last <laughs> birthday occurring. <laughs> so, and maybe a new age group. <laughs> right, 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 right. And, and, just, and just be really kind to yourself and say that, you know, you're, you, maybe your 353 time is behind you. But you know what, Shu? That, that if, oh, it was 348. Oh, sorry, sorry. I, I must have. Give her I the other five it. minutes. And it is definitely, it is definitely behind me. No, 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 no. Don't you say that. because you don't No, because so I, you know, that I definitely thought that. And that, um, I mean, I set a way bigger PR after I had kids. Really? Oh, yeah. See, that's so cool. Yeah. And how old were you? Were you younger than oh. me? I'm going to be, I'll be, I'll be 40 in 2020. Oh, no, no, no. I was older than that. Yeah. I was, oh, well, cause oh, I didn't, okay. I didn't have my twins till I was, uh, 39. So yeah. So I was, I can't even do the math. So I set my marathon PR in 2009. So I was 43. So, oh, that gives me, oh yeah. Hope. And so, I mean, I think if you are really looking to put the hammer down, empty that tank, you know, like Laura doesn't want to do, um, you know, <laughs> if you, if you were looking to do that, my best advice would either be to follow a one of our really challenging train like a mother programs or to hire a running coach because you know ah. that because also there's so many tricks it's not just about putting in loads of mileage and doing the tempo work and the track workouts but my gosh my um the coach that I had in 2014 she just taught so many little drills that I would do beforehand or after and Thing, you know, counting my steps sometimes during the runs. And there's just so many things that you can do to add speed and, and boost your recovery that, that makes your body that much more fluid for the next workout that, I mean, I came close in, um, five years after my PR, I came close to, yeah. I remember and, that. So, and I mean, and all that I, training yeah. And all I you. think was, oh my gosh, if I'd had that training cycle, when I was younger, then who, what could I have done? But you know, water under the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> At least in my own mind. So <laughs> yeah. You're giving me hope. That's awesome. So it would be, it Maybe would be, play around say, next it would be, year. <laughs> Never mind. Go ahead. 
I was gonna say maybe I'll like do a half oh, or yeah. something like next year, yeah, and totally, then yeah. and then just kind of like see where I am, and then but think about I like the idea of twenty twenty like laying down uh-huh. the gauntlet. That's a that'd be a fun milestone. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and dev, you know you know you know tr- sharpen your chops a little, do it with a half marathon, and you know be but again be kind to yourself, and you know if you don't get close to your PR, you know shoot for a you know I don't know five minutes over it or something like that. I would be happy with that. I'm pretty sure that I could get a PR in a marathon, um, having only done one and doing it very slowly. (laughs) (laughs) So um, that could be in the future for me quite easily. Um, But not, again, not with laying it out all on the table. I'm pretty sure I could go to brunch afterwards and be fine and still beat that time. (laughs) Laura needs to talk. Laura needs to talk and share her current running strategy. I hear there's a streak involved there is there (laughs) is um i I just wanted to real quick say with the the marathon thing that um the flexibility in your job is really helpful and i know that self-employment like in you know sarah boanchea have both been freelance writers for long times in the past and you know transitioning into different things but still a lot of flexibility with that what i the one marathon i did I would do like my long run on uh wednesday or thursday often uh, in the morning and i would just plan on starting work a little bit later. And I would often work a little bit later into the evening to kind of make up the time if I needed to. But, um, you know, it was a time I knew I had childcare and it wasn't demanding anything of anyone else in my life to run from yeah. say 8am to 11am. Um, and then work from, you know, 11 we, to six. And then after my kids went to bed, so that's what I would do. We hear, we hear a lot of tales like that in uh, like, say on the, another mother runner Facebook page, that sort of thing that people do their long training runs on Friday or, or whatever, when their kids are in school, or as you say, you know, you have child, other childcare coverage. I know that I had a taste of what it's like to have a hard and fast get into the office early thing. I was uh, training for, I'm forgetting what marathon it was, but I had jury duty and I had to, the, the bane of my existence for marathon training are those midweek like eight to 10 mile runs. So it's just <laughs> kind of suck hard. And so I had a 10 miler with all sorts of speed work in it. And then I had to be at the courthouse downtown, which meant right doing a long bus ride to get there. And so, man, it was pitch black and pouring rain. And I was like, oh yeah, this adds a whole nother layer of toughness to it. Yeah. Well, jury duty is no fun in any way. <laughs> yes, it, it, it does. I mean, and I, I know that not having that made it so much easier. The one marathon I did do was um, actually, uh, it was seven months after, um, you know, my second kid was born. Uh, so it was coming back pretty fast. Yeah, that's that, impressive. Because yeah. I had the flexibility to do it. It would just, um, you know, I figured it was the, it was the time to make it happen. Uh, right. But like I said, I was pretty slow. So <laughs> I trained for it again. Yeah, no, currently my um, running is, I am doing a streak right now. Uh-huh. It is a little over 600 days long at this point. Wow. And what, and what constitutes it? Uh, at least a mile a day. So okay. that's the, uh-huh. you know, I think that's what a lot of streaks are, right? Like that's kind of the accepted is there an official like streak? I was wondering whether it was just running centric because I had a uh, exercise streak, but that did, it wasn't just running. So yeah, no, this is running. I said I need mm-hmm. to run at least a mile a day. I mean, usually mm-hmm. I run a lot more than that, but it's mm-hmm. um, the mile a day is you know to make sure I do it. Uh, and, yeah, and then you know can quit after a mile, um, which I do someday. What so. what prompted you to start it? Good 
question. I, there was nothing in particular. I, I've written about people doing streaks um, uh-huh. in the past. I, my my father um, doesn't have a running streak. He has a different one. He's read Hebrew for 30 minutes every day since 1977. I love um, that. I love yeah. that. <laughs> it is so <laughs> in your blood, blood to have a streak. A streak. <laughs> And so, so yeah, his streak predates me. Um, so that's something, saying something. I don't think I'll probably get to 40 years with uh, my running streak. I assume not. But I, you know, what I think happened is I was fascinated by the streak. And I'd always thought, oh, maybe I'll do something like that. And then um, in December of 2016, we were around over the holidays. And I think um, the weather wasn't really bad. And I managed to run every day, like seven days in a row, just because, again, we were around uh, wasn't working. Like it was a good way to get out of the house. I think we had a lot of people around. So it was like, I I get out the door, go run. Um, and so then I'll just keep going. And I realized it it wasn't that hard to do. I mean, a, I have control of my time, so Mm -hmm. it's not, you know, fitting it in before being on the seven 30 train. It it, it can Mm -hmm. happen at 7 PM. If it needs to, it can happen at 2 PM. It can happen at 7 AM. It's happened at 4 AM, but like whatever it, it can happen. Um, where I wanted to, I was already running probably five days a week anyway. So it was about saying, can I make time to run on the other two days? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it turned out that the answer was almost universally. Yes, I can. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, especially if you only have to run a mile and if you work for yourself, there's not really that big incentive to shower after necessarily. So it can really be a, a sub 15 minute phenomenon of getting, you know, even into the running clothes, running the mile, getting out of them if you need to. Uh, right. <laughs> Perhaps you need to share one of your most ridiculous. Yeah, well, there were a couple. Um, Can you think of any? So, you know, there was an early hiccup in the sense that I came down with the stomach flu. Um, mm, in, that's right. Yeah. I think late January, early February 2016. So, you know, within 40 days, 50 days of having started. And it, it wound up working better than one month. I apparently had the foresight to um, run for that day before I started vomiting. And uh, so I was, you know, sick as a dog for the next 24 hours. But sort of by the end of the next calendar day, I was okay to do like very slow, like laps around the yard, pretty much. Oh, my Um, goodness. Yeah. So that's that's what I did. I also um, twisted my ankle uh, Mm. one day. Uh, It's so stupid. I had the Children's Museum in our town and they had this indoor playground. It had an elevated mat. Um, for the indoor playground. And I stepped off the mat wrong and went straight down. Um, But again, I'd had the foresight to run before (laughs) falling (laughs) that day. And then by the end of the second day, I realized I could walk on it. um, (laughs) So I could probably, you know, just do a little something. Again, it was just a mile, very slow laps around the yard, um, not trying to go out on a street where I'd get stuck or anything. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, so those, I mean, the stuff like waking up at 4 a.m. on a day where I have to be on a plane at 6.30, is, I, that just, it's not that challenging. I guess it's just a matter of when you set the alarm. Yeah. So I had um, I had an exercise streak for, I want to say it was either five and a half or six and a half years. And so that I would ex- do some sort of exercise every day for 30 minutes or more. And Um, I definitely know what it's like to have to wake up super duper early. I lived on the West coast before taking a flight to, you know, like a nonstop to the East coast. That was rough. But, but I want to know, Laura, what do you see as what's going to end it? Because for me, that was really, that always kind of loomed out there for me. Like, 
uh, it was, it makes my stomach clench to think of it is, it is because, because it, it, you know, uh, unless you decide to do this until you die, um, you know, <laughs> when you have great grandchildren, you know, you, you, there's going to be an exit ramp somewhere. And yeah. for me, that, ex- well, I assume me, something yeah. will so happen. You think it's I, just going to, ha- but you just think a day's like, oops, uh, I, I didn't get in my workout today. Like, I don't, don't think, think it'll be that. Like I, yeah, I doubt, I doubt it'll be like, like oh, you know, so, whoops, normal day. Yeah. I just didn't work out. Like that's, that's probably not going to be it. Yeah, so um, what's I, the momentous thing that's going to make it happen? Well, I imagine I, you know, knock on wood, but uh, how many runners, like, never get injured? Injury, yeah. Uh, I, I would presume that would be it. Or, you know, if we have some sort of family emergency, I know that could be something we'll end it. Or, you know, mm-hmm. honestly, like, maybe I'll be on a plane crossing the international date line <laughs> and the date won't exist. <laughs> so going away, like, how do people who do streaks figure that one? Um, you know, I have, I have thoughts that there may be traveled to, to Asia, for instance, at some point, I can, can, like, I don't think I can get a mile in on the plane. Uh, so I'm not sure how, yeah, but how there's, people the, do but I'm sure there's, there's forums. I mean, there's totally forums. I mean, within seconds <laughs> we could, we could all Google and find a different chain that would tell you an answer you to this question. How, how I handle that. How the streakers mm-hmm. make okay. it work. Well, oh, Wow. That's yeah. So, so when you're looking to procrastinate, that's what you're going to Google. Cause I bet you can go down a lot of rabbit holes with that one. <laughs> I mean, normally if I have a day where I'm on, I know I'm on a plane for a really long time, which I've had a few since the start of, of the streak. I just get it in first. Cause you never uh-huh. know what's going to happen with the rest of the day. Um, and you know, I've certainly had flights delayed through to the next day as it were. So you, you, if the goal was to run on a calendar day, but the thing is, I mean, the streak is for me, you know, uh-huh. I am not uh-huh. for the streak. Uh-huh. Um, and good. at this point in my life, it doesn't feel hard to do. Um, uh-huh. it, it's like brushing my teeth. Like I don't get up and be like, gosh, I have to brush my teeth again. <laughs> when am I going to get off this treadmill of brushing my teeth every <laughs> single day? Um, so it, it, it hasn't really felt like something I need to end. I think if, you know, it were physically, you know, risky for me to do it again, you know, like post serious injury, I think that would be a perfectly legitimate reason to, to end it or, you know, anything like that. I, I, I'm not too worked up about it, I guess is what I would say. Okay. Well, I'm going to say the longer it goes on, the more worked up you're going to get up, about it because I know that was definitely the case for me. Yeah. Um, well, I know my, my mom has said about my father that if he like doesn't read Hebrew one day, she's like going to know he's dying. So she's <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I guess on some level, yes, that is kind of, you know, once it reaches that level, um, yeah. it's. Yeah. But, but I think one important lesson that can be gleaned from what you said there, Laura, though, is about, you know, how you're saying, Oh, if you have a really long flight, you get up and get it done. To me, that is one of the credos of being a mother runner is that you realize that so many things can get in the way of what you plan for the day. So get up and seize what it is you want from the get go in the morning so that nothing else gets in your way. Yeah. No. Well, that's the upside of mornings in general um, Mm -hmm. is that, you know, (laughs) the day can get away from you. uh, Mm -hmm. But at five thirty in the morning, most of the day's emergencies have yet to arise. Right. Um, Right. Yeah. Like for anyone who is has a busy life, lots of stuff going on at work with their family in general, morning's going to be the time to do it. I know that's when, um, you know, Sarah Hart Unger, uh, the other Sarah, yeah, that's what she does. 100%. It's like 
5.45. Well, sometimes it's 6, and then I'm done at like 6.45, but ideally 5.45. Yeah, because Laura, Laura, I saw that one of your earlier books was called What the Most Successful People Do Before Breakfast, and I definitely was going to ask you, you know, I hope that includes for most of them exercising or better yet running. Well, for a lot of people, it does. And Mm -hmm. I had certainly seen that looking at people's time logs over the years. I had lots of people share their schedules with me. And almost any time you had somebody who was, you know, doing big things out in the world and yet was also making time for exercise, like spiritual pursuits, like meditation or devotions, daily prayer, Mm -hmm. things like that, or Mm -hmm. um, was pursuing a creative hobby. They were writing that novel. It, it was going to happen in the morning. Like there's just no other time. I mean, you know, the, the client wants something or your business blows up or, you know, you have an emergency with a kid, you know, then you get to the end of the day and yes, you can exercise at night and people do, but I would say a lot of people just don't feel like it at that point. Um, and mm-hmm. so if it has to happen, it has to happen first. I mean, that that's the, the long and short of it. Um, mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I, I I just feel like it's such a nice, I don't know, you get that nice jolt the whole rest of the day. It lasts. And I don't want that jolt at nine o'clock at night. And I am completely unable to do anything at nine o'clock at night. So I think there's a lot of people like me out there in the running community, which takes me to my question for Uh Sarah Bowen Shea here, because one of the things that our listeners love is logistics and they like Uh kind of like a day in the life scenario. Would you be willing to share? Sure. Okay. So, um, do we, do we want to do a particular day, like a day of the week, or do I do today, or? It could be today, or it could be yesterday, since, Yeah, she you just know, got up. She's, she's in Pacific time. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah, we're I on haven't Pacific had much time. of my day right, yet. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yesterday. Okay, so okay, yesterday. So yesterday. yesterday was Wednesday, so um, I'm easing back into running. So I got up at, I hmm, uh, got up at 527. And, and I won't be that micromanagey the whole time. But I got up at 527. I do um, some <laughs> um, PT exercises for my foot um, after brushing my teeth, Laura. Um, and, uh, and so um, then went on a three-mile run, came home, uh, enjoyed breakfast while reading the New York Times. That's, a, that's a, a tentpole in my life is reading the Times while I eat my breakfast. Um, put together um, some snacks for my 13-year-old son who is going to um, musical theater camp. Got him, made sure he was up and, and going, made his made his breakfast because he's 13 and God forbid he makes his own avocado toast. Um, drove him to um, the camp, um, came back, uh, recorded two podcasts actually yesterday. So that was, that was busy and that took me um, till about midday. Um, and I'm always keyed up after doing a podcast. I don't know if you ladies feel that same way, but, um, so I made, I'm, I love my homemade granola. So, and I was very low on it. So I'm, um, whipped up a batch of homemade granola while I talked to my 92 year old mother on the telephone. Um, yeah, she's, um, uh, we, um, my dad died in early May and she, we are selling her house and she's moving into a facility. And so we just, and she is definitely, her memory is, um, patchy at times and she was just on and we had such a fun conversation and just laughing and relating and uh, it was it was really I um I know I'm going to look back on that phone call um often um and then sat down at my desk poured through emails um worked on some details for our Cape Cod running retreat which is at the end of October 
um, had um, a business call and then, um, oh, juggled the, since the kids, this is the final week of summer vacation as we record this, um, took, let's see, took, oh, took a break to take my son to, he's really into dance, took him to buy dance, um, new shoes, tap ballet and pirouette shoes, which I didn't know. I think that's what they're called. Maybe, I don't know. They're just, they're like shoes that are only at the front of your feet. Um, so took, took a break for that and dropped him off yeah. then on the way home at his cat sitting gig. Um, and then, um, a little later on went out and, um, drove his twin sister to pick up a friend. And then I dropped them off at a bus station where they were meeting their other friend and then came home and made dinner. I made a new recipe from run fast, cook fast, eat, eat slow. <gasps> that was my love oh, of the week. For, for a future podcast. Future podcast. It's awesome, a little right? Future, <laughs> yeah. future, future, oh, future, yes. future episode. <laughs> yeah. So it's, um, so it's the follow-up to the bestseller run fast, eat slow by Shalane Flanagan and Elise Kopecky. So I made, um, what did you make? black one? bean burgers. Um, and mm. I will say, I think I'm going to add a little more oat flour to them because they were a little, overly moist it's because i didn't pat down the black beans with a paper towel like i was supposed to um so um but they got raves i mean that gal who'd never been to our house before she said oh these are really tasty i'm like score um and then um settled in for um watching a movie with my husband so um yeah. Aww, that oh, was a great yeah. day. That's glad amazing. I can remember it all. Yeah. What time do you need to go to bed for the five twenty-seven a.m. wake up? Yeah, and um, I let's last night. Well, last night, and there were oh, the kids were so noisy. So there were, like I said, two girls sleeping over, and then the twin brother had to get in on the act. So they were quite noisy. I uh, went to bed a few minutes before ten, so you know nine fifty-ish, um, and that's that's tip- I typically try to go to bed around ten or a little before. So sounds good. Yeah, sounds like a good day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Nice day. Yeah. Well, shall we move to our question? Yeah. uh, Get to our question, which uh, a little backstory on this, right? Uh, What was the the this is from the this is from yeah this is Marianne Lloyd. She is a mother runner in New Jersey and mother runner of one, and she listens to both our shows. And she was the one who suggested this crossover episode, and I just adore Marianne. We have had dinner out here in Portland when she was visiting, and so. She um, then was like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't know whose idea it was, but but to have her submit a question to us. So um, and thank you yeah. so much for suggesting. I know, this, I know. Thank you. This thank crossover. you. And so and I do have to say she put in a t- she submitted a bunch of questions like she'd be like, how about this question? I'm like, I don't have an answer for that. Like, I am I am not a systems person. And there are all these like, to me, systemy questions. And I'm like, Oh, I just roll. I don't I don't have systems in place. So finally, she came up. Finally came up with one. I'm like, yes, I can answer that. So 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 cue right, it up so on you. Ladies. We're doing Marianne's like 10th choice question. Yes, yes. Sorry. Marianne. <laughs> yes. Go for it. All right. You want me to read it? All right. Uh, how do you handle screens from your own phones, tablets, and laptops? Besides a general striving of none at the family table, I would like to know what others do about phone checking when the children are around. It's too easy to answer one more work email or not have other clear lines between work, home, and family time. Good. I'm going to answer because mine's probably the easiest, which is because my job is different than your guys' job. My job, for the most part, is like I'm on call or I'm not on call. I'm going to get home. I can like stash it. So ideally... 
I just put it on the shelf actually where my keys go and then I really don't see it. And in fact, I'll even miss like texts from my husband saying he's coming home. And to me, if I've missed those, I've been doing a good job because it means I've been focused on the kids and not like going to Instagram or, you know, whatever. Cause I'm probably not going to be doing work at that point. It's very different from you guys who have a much more fluid and are more likely to have actual work bleeding into that time. So I will turn it over. Well, sorry, what do you say? Well, I want to say, first of all, that I truly envy people who have a job that has defined limits like yours does, Sarah, that uh, like my running partner is a veterinarian and and she's not, doesn't work for a vet clinic that takes after hour, you know, um, emergencies. So I'm like, oh man, like your dogs don't like send you emails or, you know, post things. So, um, I just very much, I, again, since I don't have systems, I, I'm trying really hard to just say in my head, it can wait. And I close my computer down and I turn around and, and look at my children. And I find looking at kids because that's sometimes that's all they want it, you know, what the, the dance they're doing with the dog or the funny position, the cat's in something like that. And I also though lately have made it very clear to my children when they are anywhere near me, like in the house, I don't want to FaceTime. I don't like talking on the telephone to people who are close enough to talk to me in person. And so, so <laughs> oh, that's a teen problem that I hadn't even thought of. <laughs> we, we haven't oh, gotten yeah. to that. Oh, I mean, yet. the wow. texting from upstairs, you know, I, I just walk downstairs and ask me in person, but they always FaceTime me. And I'm like, no no, no, no. Come talk to me in person. I don't. So I've had to make it very clear in the past few weeks. I don't like, I've just specifically said, I don't enjoy talking on the telephone. I'm happy to have an in-person conversation with you, but you need to come to where I am. <laughs> you just need a smaller house. <laughs> You're so far away. That no, they're so lazy. That's the they're that's lazy. the thing. The this, the flight of stairs is really a deal breaker for them. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um, so I guess my answer. I I mean, yeah. I mean, there, it's always fine to set limits and stuff like this. But I I would turn this question around a bit, which is that um, it's not awful for kids to see you work. Like mm -hmm. that's not a inherently negative thing for children to see their mother doing work. Mm -hmm. And the thing that smartphones enable is that you can actually be there. So they'd be seeing it like, it, it, you know, in many jobs, you would never even be there. Like you'd be, you know, having to finish everything up and then you would take the 8 PM train home. Once you finished everything, like you think about decades ago in the past, like, so then they wouldn't have even seen you to be doing it anyway. So I, I, they enable this work to be done anytime in any place. And so consequently you can spend more time around your family mm -hmm. because of this technology. Um, and again, you know, since I don't believe that it's a bad thing for mothers to be working, I don't think it's a bad thing for kids to see their mom's work. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I think that also because, you know, sending an email at eight o'clock at night, like you've probably made a doctor's appointment at two o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, you probably like, mm -hmm. especially if this person does have sort of, you know, flexibility in their job, they've probably gone to a kid event during the school day. So again, if you've done that, like there's nothing wrong with doing work in, in the oh. evening or weekends as well. Like there's this reality of work-life integration um, too. I would also say, I mean, I know you're trying to set a good example for your kids, right? That um, mm -hmm. we are off phones at certain times and it's your house, your rules. So 
you set whatever rules you want for your children and they don't actually have to be your same rules. I, I, I know this like bugs people, but uh, it's totally fine for adults to have different rules than, than kids. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my 11 year old got a phone for his birthday and he's been complaining bitterly that I have more data on my plan than he does. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, all right, you know, you want to like work and get a job and pay for your own data. That's a different matter. But, like that's by design like i I do not feel bad about that at all that we have different rules about uh how much data we can have and what our phones can can do um i think the other thing is to make sure that there are times you are doing sort of like all family activities that just inherently aren't online um so you know if you've got some time on the weekends while you're all going to the neighborhood pool or you're all going for a bike ride together or Mm -hmm. you all go see a basketball game or you you know whatever but like if there are things that are, um, you know, then you have enough time that isn't on screens anyway, that then it's not really quite as important exactly what minutes are on and off when you're sitting mm-hmm. on the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, amen to all those things you, things you yeah. said, Laura. Yeah. Yeah. So our final thing that we do in, in best of both worlds and, and hopefully uh, the another mother runner uh, listeners will, will like this part too. We always do a love of the week, um, mm. which is just something random, <laughs> small, big, whatever that uh, is, is floating our boats this week. Um, does not have to be anything running related. It can be, I guess, um, but it, it does not. So I, I guess Sarah Hart Unger and I will go first and then you can think of yours, uh, Sarah mm-hmm. Bowen Shea. Um, but uh, Sarah, what do you have for us this week? My love of the week is Portland <laughs> because because we were just there and it's kind of I'm very jealous um, of Sarah Bowen Shea for her hometown. It was awesome. I mean, we did stay with friends who have a lovely house and I'm sure their neighborhood like is a nice depiction of Portland and all. Um, but the whole city just filled with amazing places to eat and oh. parks and the farmer's market and what you guys called hot weather is not actually hot. And I am just like, it was oh, wait, I hope we didn't have so too much um, wildfire smoke for you though. No, I think it got bad after like we, I was there, like it was, it, you, there, people were complaining about the heat, but the funny thing was like, mm-hmm. there'd be a high of 99, but it would hit 99 for five minutes at 4 p.m. and then be 75 by six. And the whole morning was like nice and cool. Whereas here, if your high is 90, your low is 83. So, and it's like sweaty as all get out. Oh, so good. good, good. I, I love that. I lovely. love that. I, I love Portland. So I'm glad when other people fall in love with it too. Yeah. I'm seeing it for the first time this fall. I'm pretty excited mm, about it. Nice. Uh, so I'll have to report back on that. Um, I was going to say we're my, my love of the week is um, the BYOB restaurant uh, idea. Mm. We, we have a lot of these in Philadelphia. I'm going to one tomorrow night from when we're taping this. Um, it's a brand new opening. Very exciting. But uh, apparently in Philadelphia, it's like very difficult to get a liquor license. They're like very strong, mm-hmm. you know, tightly rationed. You know, we're still like run by Quakers here or something. <laughs> uh, but consequently, there's a lot of really nice restaurants that are actually BYOB. Like, uh-huh. and, and so they're quite reasonably priced um, since that's obviously one of the big costs in any given meal is the liquor. Um, so yeah, we're, we're going, bringing a nice bottle of wine to a, a opening a restaurant that's opening this tomorrow. And I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. It's always important to know though, I've been to Philadelphia several times for another mother <laughs> runner. And it's always important to know that ahead of time. Cause otherwise you yes. get there and you're like, um, this is um, so sad. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be enjoying my sparkling water, I guess. Or like, I can like quick send someone out to like find Google map, a liquor store in like, this area to 
<laughs> oh, I would totally do that. Yeah. Uh, so what do you have for us, Sarah? So I am going to go with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is an oldie but a goodie that I'm re-enjoying. Okay, so I lived, literally lived for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It really defined a period in my life when I was going through a divorce and living in San Francisco. And my friends and I just adored it. One of them would do an interpretive dance to the opening um theme music and so i have incredibly fond memories of it still even was that two decades later and so this summer my older daughter said mom do you want to watch buffy the vampire slayer i'm like yes i do so we have been doling it out an episode or two several nights of the week this summer and she lays really close to me and we talk about it and i can tell that she thinks some of the dudes on her are you know, hot, like I think they're hot. And and it's funny because before I had kids, um, I would think, oh, one of the main reasons I want to have children is so I can enjoy the Little House on the Prairie series with them, the, t- the not the TV show, but the books. And my kids never really got into those books. And so that was a great sadness for me for a short amount of time and so but buffy the vampire slayer like i i don't esteem it quite as high as the laura ingles wilder (laughs) books but but pretty doggone close and it's a series that completely stands the test of time it is as clever witty biting um thematic um moving as it was 20 years ago so yeah and and i hear they're doing a reboot of it so um that yeah, yeah. So, yeah. ooh, <laughs> that's a great. Well, this week. has been the crossover episode of Another Mother Runner with Best of Both Worlds. Uh, I'm Laura Vanderkam. I've been here with Sarah Bowen Shea and Sarah Hart Unger. A little bit of Sarah confusion back and forth, <laughs> but hopefully we've sorted that all out. Um, and uh, we are really appreciate you guys listening to to this. We'll be having it both on both podcasts with the same um, middle of our, our podcast content. Uh, so please let us know what you think. You can always email me, lvandercam at yahoo.com or post on our blogs. Uh, Sarah's The Shoebox. I'm lauravandercam.com. Or join the Another Mother Runner community. Uh, our listeners will hopefully check that out as well and get in touch with you, Sarah Bonche. So yeah. thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, thank you so much. And I hope to see some Best of Both Worlds uh, followers on our Facebook page, which is Another Mother Runner on Twitter and Instagram, we are at the mother runner. So this was a delight ladies. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that crossover episode. Again, their podcast is best of both worlds. And speaking of great worlds, that Talam club, it's like a world of its own. Let's have Dimity pull back the curtain and share a little bit of what's going on in there. Hey, hey, it's Dimity here with your Train Like a Mother Club Corner, everybody. Welcome, welcome. And we are headed over to the traditional marathon program, the Go and Crush the Distance for 26.2. And a funny mother runner named Fawn who wrote, Oi, I felt like such a caricature of myself today. I had to take both kids to the local running store to get new shoes. And I happened to be wearing my Another Mother Runner shirt. Both kids were out of control. They kept getting on the treadmill. I was trying to rein them in while looking at the new shoes. Then, because I'm 42 and it was after lunch, I totally farted out loud while running around the store, though I am telling myself that nobody heard. 
the two millennials there working there seemed barely amused with my clan and plate. On the bright side, I'm trying out a new brand and color of shoes. And since I'm a bammer, this is one of the best parts of this day. I love it. Great job on getting your shoes, Fawn. And I love that you own to the fart, own to the kids that were messing around with the treadmill. We have all been there, right? Right. Hey, and I also just wanted to remind you guys that Stride into the School Year uh, is starting on Monday, September 10th. Super excited to get this five-week program going. If you need a little motivation, if you want some teammates, if you love to work on your strength in addition to your running, Stride into the School Year is a great place for you. You can find that at trainlikeamother.club. I promise for $30, you will not be disappointed in what you feel like at the end of five weeks. Take care and we'll talk to you all next week. Bye. All right. Well, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, what do you think of being able to see it happen live? Oh my goodness. We have several live podcast recording parties. The parties themselves are live. We're not broadcasting live, but we record there. So I will go through a couple of the upcoming ones, but for details on how to RSVP, go to our Facebook page, which is Another Mother Runner. If you don't already like that page, please do, because we are just a hair's breadth away from 100,000 likes. We're very excited about that. So our upcoming podcast party, one is on Monday. If you're listening to this when the episode first comes out, it is Monday, September 10th, and it is with special guest Kara Goucher. Oh my goodness. And that's going to be in Longmont, Colorado, which is near both Denver and Boulder, a place called Shoes and Brews. And there are, you have to purchase the tickets because it gets you some alcohol um, if you want that. And if there's any tickets left, uh, again, you can find out how to get there from our Facebook page. Then we are headed to Kansas City. That episode is going to record on Wednesday, October 17th at the Lululemon store at the Plaza. And uh, word on the street is, is that Lulu is going to be giving away several outfits in a raffle. So gosh, if you don't want to be there to see us, you got to go there, try win some Lulu <laughs> swag. And then we are working on details for a podcast recording in St. Paul, Minnesota on Saturday, October 6th, which is the day before the Twin Cities Marathon. And we're still working on um, the time and place of that. So details are to come. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. Happy miles.